is The Hill. Talking Rugby League with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Hill. I'm your host, Tim Sparks, and as always, it is great to be with you. From Bruce to Brookvale to Belmore, Leichhardt to Lidcombe, Mount Smart to Marathon, Princess Park to Penrith Park, Campbelltown to Caltex, Seagull Stadium to Shark Park, Wynn Stadium to Waikato, we are on The Hill and we are here to talk about Rugby League, where it's a little less Jimmy Hooper and a bit more Jimmy Sedaris, if you know what I'm saying. Big show again. Again, previewing round 19, coming at you with that. Who would you rather be with a Warriors flavor for a change? A bit of history which provides some topical context for a major issue in the code. The top 10 things I miss the most about going to the footy this year. Tiger Corner and of course some questions from you lovely loyal listeners. As I said, a massive show. So without any further ado, I'm going to get straight into it. As I've been doing over the last few months, probably almost, uh, is starting with a text message from uh, my usual co-host and also producer of the program. Uh, For those that don't know, Pezza actually cuts this up and puts it together and makes me sound a little bit more professional. So we thank him for that and shout him out. And uh, here is his text. And He actually talks about the code in this one uh, a little bit more, so full credit to you there, Pezza. Here it goes. Uh, G'day, Tim. Couple of questions. Thoughts on Gould employing the singular to describe every team on Twitter? Tiger worked hard, rabbit lazy, bulldog well-deserved, etc. Yeah, I like that. I like it a lot. Uh, Also, that rabbit bloke who got 10 in the bin for hitting Lincoln Lewis in the head. Why is this a conversation? I think he's talking about the Jaden Sewer hit. Uh, we'll get to that soon, Pezza. Good question. He has absolutely smashed him directly in the head with his shoulder and concussed that player. Also, the good word is that Tiger only gets Adokar if Noffa goes the other way. Mm, a couple of weeks late on that one. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, you're a couple of weeks late. Uh, not happening. Uh, Bryce Cartwright's available too. Something to think about. Mm, I don't think so. Not that the Tiger should touch him because any change will negatively affect their purity score as the NRL economist wisely teaches us. Cheers. Well, Pezza, good to see you finally on board with the purity score uh, from the economist. And and look, thanks for the text. Yeah, I don't think the Tigers should touch Bryce Cartwright. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with his career. Uh, from here, thanks for getting in touch. Thanks for the text, Pez. We might touch on Adokar a little bit later. Uh, and we might touch on the, the Jaden Sewer hit as well. All right. So as you know, I've changed the system and the structure of the program a bit the last few weeks. And we've, um, we've become a preview show, which... Uh, the feedback I've been getting is that it's been appreciated. So thanks for getting in touch um, and letting me know that you're enjoying the preview element. Uh, some people like, you know, a little bit more in depth around the footy chat uh, and a few people don't. So I'll try and keep it balanced uh, just to try and please both sides of the of the audience here. Uh, now, before I get into the round 19 preview, I just want to say with round 18, I was just a little bit disappointed uh, in essentially some of the refereeing decisions, uh, not not in any. I don't want to drill down into any particular uh, element, but uh, it's. I guess it's long been thought of by myself, and I'm sure other people. I'm sure you, your good selves listening to the show uh, that you know rugby league and corruption has always sort of run sort of relatively sort of hand in hand. That's part of 
part of the fun of it, I guess. And I just feel that the referees could have swung the game in a couple of teams' favour just to keep the last few weeks a bit more interesting. You know, could have got the Warriors over the line against the Sharks. The Warriors, I don't know why the Warriors didn't kick for goal late in that game uh, where they were, I think they were up. They must have been up 14-12 or something. I can't remember. They had an opportunity to go 16-12 up. I think they should have kicked it around the clock down. Maybe that was the referees looking after them and, you know, you can lead a horse to water, as they say. Perhaps, I felt they could have got the Tigers over the line. I mean, uh, the Tigers tried their best to do it themselves. I just felt, you know, penalty late in the game could have helped 26 all. Tigers winning golden point. Uh, and then, you know, we, we get those two teams over the line and then we got some games on our hands this week, you know, uh, all of a sudden, you know, the, the Manly Gold Coast game gets more alive. The Tigers storm, we have a proper super Saturday, you know, uh, the storm and Tigers game has some relevance. And then we have a great, you know, Sunday other with the, the Raiders and the Warriors, but instead, uh, the top eights decided, you know, and, um, We've just got some games of footy. Maybe the NRL is trying to teach us a lesson. You know, maybe that's just another one of the lessons out of 2020. And, the, you know, the changes to our, you know, I guess the way society functions, things like Another lesson is that, you know, Friends of the Hill, Sparks, all the rest of you, it's just a game of footy. You know, it's not always about making the finals. That's not what it's about. It's just about your team getting out there, having a run around, uh, trying their best, representing the community, and um, you as a supporter getting behind them. Doesn't matter if you're in finals contention or not. Perhaps that is the lesson that the NRL and Peter Volandis are trying to teach us. Could be wrong. I don't know. Just a thought. But speaking of games of footy, we had one last night and I know there's a fair few Doggies fans uh, that listen to this program. So I'm sure you had a good night last night and good on you for um, sticking with your team and getting yourselves a victory over an old rival in the Rabbitohs. Uh, 26-16. Well done. Yeah. And again, like I said, you know, Game of footy, you know, it's not about the finals. It's not even about building for next season. You know, there's, we get lulled into this uh, fictional tale that, you know, a few, oh, a few wins at the back of the season will just get us building into next year and, you know, then they'll be ready to go. I, that is the most, uh, that is the most, that is the biggest bunch of bullshit there is in the code. You know, I'm sure actually Canterbury fans will lay testament to that. How many times over the last few years did the Bulldogs win a few games at the back end of the season and sort of end up on 16 points or something like that? And, you know, Joey Johns and the rest of them go, oh, well, you know, it's just good to be building into the next season. They can take this into the... It doesn't... It never happens. It never happens. You know, like the Tigers, if they finish ninth and there's usually not... It's usually not in the same sort of fashion, but... You know, sometimes maybe the Gold Coast do it as well, which they're seeming to be doing this year. Uh, you know, oh, we'll just take a bit of, you know, momentum into the next... They they end up missing the finals the next year as well. Uh, but anyway, I shouldn't get bogged down in that negativity uh, because the Dogs had a really good win uh, and good on them for doing it. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Jaden Ockenbaugh had a good game and good on him. You know, i got to say... The way he's carried him, himself compared with uh, Corey Harura Naira, I think is chalk and cheese. And Jaden came out and I think he said, you know, that what happened up there on 
the North Coast of New South Wales. He said he let the whole club down, that he ruined the season, and he just wanted to repay them uh, by playing well and, you know, doing his best. You know, whereas, you know, the other bloke was like, oh, well, no one supported me and, you know, I'm out of here. I'm going to find another club. I think Jaden, you know, obviously it was pretty ordinary what they did. But, you know, if a guy sort of apologizes and he owns his mistake and gets better from it, uh, I think you have to at least acknowledge that. And I was really impressed with how he came out and said that. Um, and it was good to see him have a good game last night. I, like Pezza, was very surprised that... Uh, Jaden suicide on the field. Like that was just that was that was a shoulder charge to the head. Like it's illegal, um, and it's dangerous. Uh, you know, especially with a lot of the stuff around concussion. I'm going to touch on the concussion stuff a little later in the show. I, I thought he was very very lucky to stay on the uh on the field. I was watching a lot of the game with the sound down. To be perfectly honest. Um, so I didn't hear what the, I, I assume there was some conjecture about whether he should have got 10 or not, but yeah, I, I mean, I thought he was lucky to only get 10. Uh, like it was, it was almost worse than Townsend's one. I know that Townsend's looked worse because, uh, it was, uh, it was like super late and it was off the ball essentially, like the play had stopped. But yeah, like Sewer's one, it was, man, that's just like, that was just clear why they got rid of it. Um, you know, I'm not having to go with Jaden either, by the way, but it's just, that's why the, uh, the shoulder charge was outlawed. Anyway, uh, good on the doggies. Well done. Um, and it was good to see Steve George Arliss get, uh, get a win. Souths, well, it's funny. As soon as I started rapping Souths a couple of weeks ago, I feel like they'd gone downhill. Remember, uh, sort of, you know, the start of, I was doing this sh- show on my own I kept sort of saying well South are just sort of you know they're just doing enough they're not really impressing anyone and they're getting the job done as soon as I put the mockers on them the old-fashioned mockers whatever the whatever whatever mockers are I don't know uh but I think I could maybe have to take some responsibility for South's little slide at the moment you know also probably they're missing Latrell Mitchell so you know it's probably like a little bit of Tim Sparks sitting up here and you know the lounge room in Flemington, putting the mockers on, and also uh, one of their best players and better players in the competition uh, not playing. Oh, you guys be the judge on that one. Uh, the other thing it might also be as well, like Wayne Bennett last night said, oh, they've just been a bit too casual about their football. I'm sort of noticing every, almost every press conference with Wayne Bennett, uh, they he's talking about coaching a team other than the Rabbitohs. You know, whether it's been him going to St. George, him going back to the Broncos, uh, him going to Queensland to coach the Origin side. It's sort of like it's everything other than the Rabbitohs. And Wayne Bennett, like, you know, he's the best, you know, in the sense that he'll be like, oh, well, it's you blokes that keep talking about it and all that stuff. But he keeps the conversation going. He blames the media on it, but he keeps the conversation. He He never says... I just want to talk about the Rabbitohs. <laughs> you notice that? He, ne- he never comes up and says, no, 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 I coach South. We just want to get to the finals and win the grand final. That's all I'm talking about. He's never once said that. Uh, and you just wonder if his players notice that. I mean, I think... I'd be mad if they wouldn't. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Souths are in danger now, I think. Of... Well... 
realistically, in that bottom four spots, you really just don't want to play Canberra, I reckon. You play Cronulla or Newcastle, I think you're going to win. But, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. But that, that's probably a fair, that's probably not a fair result for Souths if they sort of finish towards the bottom of the eight. That's probably not a bad season for them, especially considering they're missing Luttrell. I'll move on because we're previewing, we're previewing uh, this round. We've got the Cowboys. And as I said, just some games of footy really here. The Cowboys against the Panthers. Uh, I guess the Panthers have pretty much all but sewn up the minor premiership. Uh, I guess they'd have to lose both and the Storm would have to win both. Um and I can't see Penrith losing to North Queensland or the Bulldogs. Uh, the Cowboys played okay, I guess, against Melbourne. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think Penrith would be way too good. I've got to say, I watched Penrith. Who did they beat last Friday? It was it uh, Para? That's right. Um, just watching some aftermatch uh, interviews with them, I've, you've got, I've got to say, like, Penrith, they're... Those players are just so likable. You know, there was an interview a little bit with Dylan Edwards. He just seems like a lovely young bloke. Like, I looked him up a little bit. So, I thought there's something about this kid that's almost too nice. Naturally, a country boy. I think he's from Albury. Then he grew up in Dorigo. Uh, came down to Penrith in his sort of late teenage years. Just a, seems like a really lovely kid. Uh and an extremely good player. That's funny, like you see that no one in the mainstream media wants to talk about Dylan Edwards, but you listen to Greg Alexander, and that's he just he says he's been absolutely fantastic. And you actually listen to the Panthers coaching staff, and they're saying that Dylan Edwards has just been one of their best players. Um, but just yet yeah, speaks really nice. Like Josh Mansour, like how could you not like Josh Mansour? Um, my missus fell in love with him last Friday night, and I don't blame her either. I pretty much did the same thing. Uh, like Jerome Luai and even Nathan Cleary just seem like speak really well really nice uh, and they still have a strike of they, they seem pretty humble but are able to play with that confidence um, you know which is is really nice and I love the cut of uh, Liam Martin's cloth he just seems like a real uh, competitive um, player so it's I was on the whole, yeah, I'm not into Panthers because of Ivan Cleary, but I might have to drop off that because they're just too likable, to be honest. Uh, we got Para against Brizzy on a Friday night, uh, late in late the later game uh, on Friday. Well, I, I don't need to repeat what everyone's saying because I was saying it, you know, once as soon as I went solo, I said Para are cooked, um, and lo and behold, they are. Uh, I guess they're missing Dylan Brown. Maybe they're missing Andrew Johns um, coaching. I don't know. Maybe they're focusing too much on defense, not enough on attack. Whatever it is, uh, they're not going too well. But you'd imagine they'll uh, beat Brizzy and beat him quite well. So they still stay in the top four. Good luck to them. I wish my team was in the top four. Uh, have a look at Tyson Gamble uh, for the Broncos. If, you, if you're interested in doing that as a 5'8", uh, he was in the Tigers uh, system uh, for a good couple of years there. Uh, we're sort of waiting and waiting for him to get a, a crack at it, but he never did. Oh, sorry, he got one crack at it. He had one game in Campbelltown. At Campbelltown. It wasn't great. Uh, but he seems like not a bad player. Like, I don't... He's not in the same breadth as, you know... Dearden and those other guys that that are floating around, but yeah, just have a have a look at him. I think it's his second game in the NRL, maybe his third game in the NRL. 
which is, you know, what this back end of the season is usually about. You know, having a look at some young guys uh, that are coming through for next year. Manly Titans. Manly, uh, what happened? They beat someone. They beat Canterbury. They've been probably disappointing, to be honest. I mean, I know they've had injuries, but so's a lot of other teams. And I don't know. Uh, Tommy Turbo's back. That's good. Ben Trebojevich is is on the extended bench again. I wouldn't mind having a look at him. There's some decent wraps on him. Uh, that should be good. I still I still maintain Manly's jerseys of Cosson this year. It's just far too much of a Queensland fa- flavour. I said that pretty early in the piece, uh, and I'm going to stand by it. It's just too Queensland. They need more white on their jerseys, whether it's a stripe through the jersey, or I'd just be looking... If I'd be happy. If I was Manly fan, I'd be happy with that... I don't really like that maroon, that that V. The V doesn't look right on that jersey. Uh, I know a few people have agreed with me on this. Um, I know there's some history with having a V on the Manly jersey, but I don't know. Uh, I think that stripe looks a bit better. Uh, And at minimum, white shorts. You know, I think the maroon shorts are costing you. Costing you's. As they say, it's Neville. It's Neville Costigan you's. so, yeah, uh, something to think about, I guess. Um, Gold Coast, just, yeah, new favorite team, basically. So, it's a real interesting turn of events. Going from a 16th uh, favorite side a couple of weeks ago to, to my sort of new favorite team. Uh, Kevin Proctor uh, re-signed at their club, which, oh, that's good to see. I was happy with that. Uh how about Peter Bedell from the Courier Mail's headline and tweet saying convicted biter makes decision on rugby league future? What an absolute disgrace of a headline. Absolute dead shit gutter uh, journalism carrying on like he'd been to jail or something like that. Um, yeah, I thought was it was a disgrace. Uh, and I know that the, the journalists don't write the headlines. I get that. But he actually tweeted that as well. Uh, and I thought that um, was extremely ordinary. I think the Gold Coast will win that game. If you hear from my tip. Uh, next game uh, on our Super Saturday is the 5.30 game. Melbourne and uh, the West Tigers, my West Tigers... Uh, I shouldn't say my West Tigers. They're not mine. That's a very American thing. Have you noticed that? Like, they're, they're my Yankees. You know, my Yankees or my Giants or... Why do they do that? There was one thing I noticed when I did like a little bit of traveling through America and went to some sport and stuff. People refer to them as like their own. Ah, my Yankees. So it's, it's kind of like they're like... Uh, you've got to prove how much of a fan you are or something like that. They're not my Tigers. They're the West Tigers. There's lots of fans of the Tigers. They're, they're, they are, I do see them as my team, though. I think that's okay. I think there's a difference between saying they're my Tigers and my team. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always worried about this. I mean, we've, we've put in some actually some good showings against Melbourne the last few years. We should have beat them last year. Uh... Just went down. And then, was it the year before that where we beat them twice in the one year? Like twice in the, in the space of six weeks? So maybe maybe um, we're a chance. Something I worked out with Melbourne, they're weak in the centres this year. I, I, I finally sort of worked it out. 
I don't know if last week was particularly like a particularly poor game. Their defense, particularly defensively, uh, with Olam and Lee there. I just think you know, comparative to say someone like uh, the Roosters, uh, who like I like Joey Manu will have a field day through there. I think. Uh, Crichton from the Panthers might as well. I just think that's 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 where their weakness is on that edge. So it'll be interesting to see. Probably not so much with the Tigers, um, even though we got Lawrence and Leilua there. Uh, but I just think moving forward, like if there's one spot that might cost the Storm, uh, it's in the centres. I guess the Harry Grant, uh, Cameron Smith, um, uh. Oh. Clash head to head, whatever, however you say it, uh, is probably the story. Uh, and I think Harry Grant will have a really good game, and I think there'll be really competitive respect shown from both Harry Grant and the Storm, and that's um, probably an indication of the quality of both um, that team and that player. More on the Tigers later in Tiger Corner. The Roosters and Cronulla. Uh, I think the Roosters will absolutely towel them up. And I've jumped ship. I've jumped off the Storm. And like most people, I'm just on the Roosters. Joey Martin is at fullback. It's interesting. Uh, I guess they're resting to Desco. Um, they simply have far too many good players across the field, absolutely everywhere. Uh, and they seem hungry to win it again. Uh, so I think it'll be the Roosters by at least 40. Uh, the Raiders-Warriors, I think that'll be a good game. It's a shame that the Warriors uh, aren't playing for their season anymore. But I think, you know, as we've seen, Todd Payton's got them playing as a team and, you know, um, playing, yeah, for each other and their fans, which is pretty cool. Uh, Raiders are still strong too. There's no doubt about that. Uh, just in the jersey makeup of what's going to happen. Here. Can the Warriors wear that blue? They can't wear their traditional blue strip. I wouldn't mind the Raiders having a white strip again, just as an alternative every now and again, but like a, a good white one? I don't know. Um, apparently the Raiders are lime green because Canberra is referred to as the limestone plains, or they were referred to as the limestone plains. I didn't know this until a few weeks ago. That's why they're lime green. Someone can fact check me on that or give me some more information around that, but I'm pretty sure that's why they wear lime green. And I was reading somewhere the other week that they were almost called the Canberra Cockatoos. I think they liked the alliteration of the C and the C. Um, but yeah, Canberra Cockatoos. They be- I don't know why they became the Raiders. Um, that that bit I can't tell you about. But the limestone, the lime green is because it's the limestone plains or something like that. Um, so that's not bad. Newcastle against Saints. Well, Newcastle, I mean, what do you say? What do you say? Like, it was meant to be the fact that Nathan Brown, like, built this really strong team, and that's what Brown's good at. He built, you know, a team with some depth. He got the right players to the club, developed some juniors, but he, you know, he's just not the kind of coach to be able to get them to the next level, which is to, you know, to challenge for a premiership. And O'Brien comes in, he's meant to be that guy. And I, I just don't see any difference. I really don't see any difference. You know, they're such an up and down team and they're a team that when they're off, they're completely off. Um, as they showed against the Roosters last week, as they showed against the Warriors the week before that. 
And then in between that, when they're up, they're right up. And it's just like, that's not really a characteristic um, that just demonstrates inconsistency. And yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It's a real shame they lost Blake Green because there was that little bit of difference. I think it's, I think it says something about, there's a, I think there's something to be said around what kind of a player and personality Mitch Pierce is. Like he, I don't, it's just, I don't think he's a leader. I think, you know, he, he needs to be led. I think is what it shows. I think Pierce played his best football at the Roosters when Maloney was there. Uh, Cause Maloney was leading him. And those couple of games where Blake Green came into the side, he was a different player. And it's not a criticism of Mitchell Pierce. It's just it's just a demonstration of his personality type, you know. And people thinking that you know these guys because they play in the halves, that they'll automatically uh, change their personality and become a leader or an extroverted person. It just doesn't happen. And even though Pierce is experienced and he knows what he's doing, I think he still needs to be led. Uh, and sadly, well, he's got Tex Hoy there in, at five eight now, and it's it's not the job of a of a first year rookie to do the leading. So uh, it might, might be all she wrote for the Knights, which is a shame because you know I like them. Um, Saints, they seem really disgruntled. I don't know if they seem disgruntled about Anthony Griffin being appointed or about Dean Young not being appointed. But there was I saw an interview with McInnes asking if he was uh, um, interested or happy about Griffin. And he hardly, he just, he's like, I'm not interested. I don't want to talk about it. Like, he, and you could tell he wasn't happy about it. So I don't know if it's that they don't like Griffin or they don't like what they've heard about Griffin or it's that they're really upset that Dean Young didn't get the job. And I think Dean Young's leaving. There's even talk of Dean Young becoming an assistant coach at the Tigers, um, which would be strange just from a, aesthetic point of view of seeing Dean Young in like West Tigers kit um it'd be weird seeing Dean Young in any other kit other than Saints but that that's on the card so I don't know um yeah change is coming for Saints and I think that's good uh Corey Norman reckons that his form (laughs) for the Dragons (laughs) isn't gonna help his origin selections well there's a scoop Corey um but well picked up mate all right, so that's your preview. Um, yeah, could be an okay. We just got to approach it in games of footy. Like, don't worry about every game's got to uh, mean something towards the top eight. Let's just enjoy the footy. And I'm talking that to myself as well. All right. Um, there you have it. Okay, there's plenty more to get through. So I'm going to fly through who would you rather be. Uh, someone, you know, I know there's not been, not been enough Warriors content on the program. So here is, who would you rather be? Simply Michael Luck or Michael Witt? There you go. What about superstars here on the hill? You don't have to be a superstar. You know, if anything, we like the guys that are, that are, that are just, you know, knock about first graders. All right. Cause that's something that I certainly haven't done, and I'm sure a lot of us haven't done, is play a fair bit of first grade. We love those plays. We're about Michael Luck and Michael Witt here on the hill. So for me, it's going to be hard to split. All right? And now I know it's not... Um, I haven't picked New Zealand players. All right? But you, you know, pick Warriors players. All right? Uh, and if we want to start off with Michael Luck, it's a, not a bad career. Debuts at the Cowboys, right? For about 70-odd games in the early 2000s. 
He must have played in the 05 Grand Final, I reckon. I'll have to fact check that. No, actually, someone else will have to fact check that and get back to me. Pretty sure I did. Then he goes over to the Warriors, plays 150. 150 games, 226 total uh, games. Plays in that uh, 2011 Grand Final uh, for the Warriors against Manly. Um, which incidentally, just a little tangent, is the only uh, rugby league grand final I've never watched. Yeah, I was living overseas at the time, and I was because it looked like the Tigers were going to win, um, almost win the comp really in 2011. Uh, I was I was living overseas and watching all the games at the pubs and stuff like that. Um, and you know, we we got the Warriors in the preliminary final. I just thought it was a you know fade it complete that we do it. Um, and I, I went on some hike or something like out in like the jungle in Indonesia. I didn't even watch that Warriors game, the Tigers Warriors game. Didn't watch the prelim because I just thought we'd win. Um, and sort of, sort of, yeah, I didn't have internet and whatnot. And I just, I remember getting home uh, and walking in as soon as I got Wi-Fi, I checked the score and just could not believe. Like I'd, I'd, I was like, yep, yeah, when we win this, I'm going to book flights and I'll be home in time for the grand final. You know, can't wait. And um, yeah, the bloody Warriors had beaten us with Michael Luck in there um, at the football stadium that night. And yeah, just out of absolute disappointment, uh, I just didn't even bother watching the grand final the next week. Um, so I, I, I don't really know what that game looks like, uh, looked like. So I guess maybe I could be Michael Luck just to go back and experience it and see it. Um, but then I'd also have the disappointment lingering in my mind that the Tigers lost the week before, but I'd beaten the Tigers cause I'm Michael Luck. So there's a fair bit going on there. Prime Minister's 13 selection for Luck, uh, in 2010 too. So he gets to play up there in Papua New Guinea. Pretty good. Michael Witt, on the other hand, didn't spend as much time at the Warriors. Started out at Para, a bit of time at Manly. Then spends about 40, 40 odd games for the Warriors between 07 and 09. He famously scored that try, and I think it was 09 when the Warriors beat Melbourne in Melbourne uh, in the first week of the finals, back when the finals was like one versus eight, the old Peter McIntyre system. And like he didn't put the ball down or something like that. Then I think he kicked the goal. Uh, that was such a good, that was such a good um, finals win. And that, that actually really sort of sparked the Warriors uh, Melbourne rivalry, I think. And that, then it sort of evolved into the Anzac Day game and it's been like a really good modern day rivalry. So Michael Witt had a lot to do with that. So, um, you know, if you want to be Michael Witt, then you can, you can be a big part of, you, you pretty much started uh, that Anzac Day clash. Um you're also voted somewhere. Where are we? Rugby league finalist in our rugby league sexiest men, 2007. Adidas action, three sexiest men in league competition. You come third, um, but you come third to Brett Stewart who won it. So I don't really know how that works. Um, but hey, I wasn't a judge, you know, and it's, but yeah, that's something you get to be. So if you wit, you kick a fair few goals as Michael Witt. Go, you have a good season, season or five, I should say, um, for the Crusaders over there in Super League as well as the London Broncos. And then you wrap up your career. Actually, no, you don't wrap up your career. You have a little stint for Otago Rugby Union Club somewhere in there. I'm going to be Michael Luck. All right. Um, 
Yeah, 150 games at a club, North Queensland Cowboys, and that Prime Minister's 13 gets me over. But yeah, you know, um, you be you be your own judge. And, you, you know, I think either way, uh, if, you, if you're going to be Luck or if you're going to be Michael Witt, I think you've done pretty well. Okay, we're going to push through. Uh, what are we going to do here? Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to go with a bit of history, and then I'm going to then I'm going to talk about all the things I miss about going to the footy this year. Okay, bit of history. It's a little bit um, it's less extensive. It's a bit more brief this week, but it's just based around the substitution rule. Now, here's a little bit of history for you. So, just you know, if you're new to the program, firstly, absolutely welcome aboard the hill. Thanks for being here. Um, the bit of history program is simply, I just tell you a bit of history that you maybe didn't know about the code. Uh, well, it's only early days for the segment. Um, hasn't been a, hasn't been a resounding success. I've got to say, um, you know, I'm not just in it for the, for the praise too, you know, like I, you know, I just like, you know, being a service to people in the league community. Um, but nonetheless, the segment staying, I think it's got a place on the podcast. It's got a place on the hill, you know. If we can't learn from our past, then, you know, we're, we're damned to make the same mistakes over and over again or something like that, right? Um, anyway, bit of history around the substitution rule. Now, did you know that the substitution rule only came in in 1970? All right, so prior to 1970, if you got injured, you would, you're off. You were done. That was it. And then the team had to play with, you know, 12 men. If you, if you went off injured. So it wasn't until 1970, like you sort of think, and again, I, I probably should have done some more wider history, but think of like, you know, society had progressed a fair bit um, into the 70s, you know, like, um, you know, we're not talking like, we're not talking the 40s or something like that. We're talking the 70s, like it was relatively modern uh, time. But yeah, if you were injured, you had to play and or you had to stay out there, or, you know, or you had to risk really letting your team down. Uh, so it was in 1970 that the New South Wales Rugby Football League announced that two injured players were allowed to be replaced at any time during a game, but it was provided that replacements had played at least half a lower-grade game that day. Um, and it was also, they also introduced that if a player go down goes down injured, then the ball is simply given to a teammate to play on rather than the game being halted so a doctor can be called onto the field. Because actually in 1969, that's a big part of what the, the Balmain Tigers did to beat South, to slow the game down. They kept supposedly, you know, uh, depending on who you talk to, is feigning injury because every time... Um, you were, you know, you were injured, a doctor would come on and the game would stop and they'd at least try and treat you and see if you could stand. So it wasn't complete negligence because the doctors did come on. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of controversy around the 69 grand final. Great book about it, grand final heist that I've read by Ian Heads. Really cool uh, if you want to know more about it. But yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. Um when we look at like, you know, things like the concussion rule that's, you know, really topical at the moment, I guess, particularly with like Boyd Cordner and just that whole notion of, um, I guess, not the rugby league tough guy, that's probably the wrong way to put it, but the the notion of, you know, um, if you don't stay out there, then you're letting your teammates down. And I guess, you know, it, it, 
prior to 1970, like you gen you genuinely were because if you went off, that you know it was a significant disadvantage um, to your team, and you'd probably lose. Uh, and it, you know, and it's just and it's and that that it's amazing how that culture has just stayed amongst um, the game, even though substitutions were sort of allowed um, from 1970 onwards. And there's obviously been different sort of machinations of the the substitution, the interchange rule. Um, but yeah, it's got to come from that culture or just that very fact that, yeah, if you, if you, if you went off, you, you were off and you didn't get replaced. Because uh, I really worry about those guys with their head knocks, you know, rare sort of serious moment um, here. But yeah, it's got, I think James Graham was like challenging this a couple of, seasons ago maybe last season ago basically saying it's my head um i'll do the research you know and if you know i'm it's my body and i'm in control of it i'm a grown man apparently he went and did research he's actually fully changed his mind now um and he's like yeah no no concussion is extremely serious and um it needs to be looked at so uh yeah but it's just i guess that's where it stems from uh that's a bit of history uh, and get in touch around the segment. Are you enjoying it? Um, am I spending too much time on it? Do you want more time on it? You know, do you want to really, you know, go into some of the historical um, um, historical elements of the game? I've already got a few more to, 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 to come anyway. So it's going to be happening nonetheless, I reckon. But we'll roll into the next segment here. And it's, yeah, so I... I, I I wanted to talk about like not going to the footy and it's something like I really miss. Like not, I think everyone has like a different sort of relationship to the game and they have different, I guess, routines and rituals around the game. That's why we like sports so much because it provides us that. Uh, and you know, for some people like not go, like uh, some, for some people like not going to the game is, is like they just watch it on TV or they go down to the pub and watch it or they go over to their parents' house or they go to their mates. Like that's just sort of part of what they do. And that's totally fine. That's cool. Um, but for me, like going to the game was always a really big thing. Uh, and yeah, like um, particularly when I was living in Sydney, uh, which is a while ago now, sadly, but like I'd go to like, you know, you basically try and go to all of the, the Tigers games, home games, definitely. And then if there were sort of Sydney games, you try and get to them as well. Because uh, it's just, for me, there's just nothing like being there. Um, and I'm going to give you my, I think it's maybe 11 moments. It started with the top five. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, there's more things that I miss going to the footy than just these things. Then it sort of went, I was going to go, I'll do a set of six. Then there was more. So it's sort of about 11 things. Uh, and believe it or not, uh, the, the list is written very poorly. So it's a bit out of whack, okay? But bear with me. But these are just some of the things uh, that I'm really, really missing about going to the footy because, um, yeah, in Melbourne, I can't go to the Storm Games, which I usually do uh, down here and obviously can't, you know, can't cross the border uh, to get into Sydney and, and watch some games. Because what, what, just for some context, what I would usually do living down here in Melbourne uh I'd, I'd probably go to about seven or eight Melbourne Storm games a year. Uh, usually like pencil in the ones that I liked. Like there was the Newcastle game last year on like a Saturday afternoon. Massive hype and build up. And yeah, the nights, they were just ordinary. They got pumped. But like, you know, games like that, I'll usually pencil in. And then it's just sort of a matter of 
what else he's doing on the weekend, which is usually not a lot. Um, and then I'll, I'll try and get up to Sydney and I'll get to basically all the Leichhardt games and usually a couple more. So uh, just for some, some context around, you know, you're thinking, what are you talking about, Sparks? You live in Melbourne, you don't go to footy. Anyway, uh, these are some things. Okay, the first thing, first thing I miss about going to the footy is going to like, going to have a drink or going out for a meal or something like that before the game. So the, the pre-game hope, all right, you know, and usually for us, like if we're going to Leichhardt, we usually go to the, the Red Line Hotel. Um, and, you know, I'll usually go with, I'll sometimes go on my own. I'll get there on my own or I'll get there with my sister. And then just slowly people just start to, to fill in who we're going to go to the game with. Uh, and then, and you start to see some people uh, that you're not going to sit with or stand with, but they know you're going to be there. So they'll, they'll drop in as well. And, and everything's good. You know, it's just, there's hope, you know, we think, Oh yep, You know, who's playing today? And I oh, did you, did you watch the game last week? And I, oh, you know, talking about the opposition a little bit and things are good, especially if it's a sunny Sunday, like um, it's just a, 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 you know, you sort of um, there's a spring in your step. Everything is good. There's, there's some hope in the air. Um, so there's nothing, you don't get that. You know, I reckon um, as much if you're not if you're not into sports. So that's the first thing. Then just walking to the ground is a really. I just enjoy walking to the ground. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't. I, I always enjoy the footy more when you get to walk to the ground rather than just get like dropped right to the front of the to the stadium. Obviously, the walk to Leichhardt's good. We did a walk in Tam. We went to the Tamworth game in Scully Park uh, maybe last year. Um, and just the walk from our motel to the ground was really cool because uh, you were somewhere different and it was exciting. Um, you know, you usually run into some people looking to get to the ground or they'll ask you for directions or something like that. I mean, I was going to a game at Parramatta Stadium last week. No, not last week, last year with my younger sister and these like, I guess, elderly people kept asking us where the Parramatta Leeds Club was. We didn't really know. I just knew it was opposite the ground. Uh, and they basically just kept asking us for directions. Um, and we ended up basically walking them all the way there. That was cool, you know? You, just something you don't always get if you're just walking down the street. You know, there's a little less community in the air these days, I find, especially in the big cities. But if you walk into a footy ground, usually something happens. Oh, we, anyway, yeah. Um, so I really... I miss that. Now, just getting into the ground, just getting into the ground and watching the crowd build up, that's probably something that I, I probably don't do that as much. Like I used to do that when I'd go to the games with my dad. We would get there at about two hours before kickoff and watch some reserve grade and stuff because we have a spot where we stand and look at the hill uh, at Leichhardt. And just to watch the ground slowly build, it, it just gives you that sense of excitement, you know? And then you can start to have a bit of a discussion around, oh, how, are you, how many people are going to be here, you reckon? And you'd have your different theories about, you know, oh, well, there's, you know, people up there in the corner, so you're probably looking about 15,000 today or something like that. Just just a good bit of excitement. And again, it's a similar about being, you know, at, at the pre-game somewhere. There's still just that little bit of hope uh, in the air. The, the pre-game warm-up, they, I just enjoy watching the warm-up, you know, because the, the teams run out and there's a bit of excitement and you, you're almost there. You can also start to pinpoint who might be playing where and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, bloody Moses Mbai isn't out there. He must have, you know, uh, you know, he mustn't have passed the fitness test. Oh, we got someone else. Uh, you can start to get it stuck into the opposition team a little bit. I remember, like, when the storm, the year the storm... Um, got done for like the salary cap scan and they're playing for no points and stuff like that. A very, very, very funny game. 
uh, to be at and like, oh, it sort of started by, we were like yelling out to the under, well, I, okay, I was yelling out to the under 20s players, asking them if they had like three contracts and stuff like that. And, oh, and then, well, and then it, 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 it peaked by the end of it by me, um, basically going face to face with the trainer, um, and their trainer trying to jump the fence, uh, as I was just yelling cheats to them as they left the field uh, with a wooden spoon. That was at the end of the game. Uh, looking back on it, it was probably a bit much, but I mean, I was a bit younger then and it was still pretty funny. But what else happened? When the, the Storm players ran out, like we were giving it to them, absolutely giving it to them. And I'll never forget like Cooper Cronk, like he was, and because you're not far away at Leichhardt, Cooper Cronk was like run, like running toward um, us and just like, you know, trying to jeer us up and like... It, it was actually really cool. Like you, I was kind of like, we're giving it to him, but it was just one of those cool moments of like, yeah, that's why you go to a game and you just see how like competitive, how much it meant to him. Uh, I definitely didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did respect it at the time. I didn't really respect him as much as a player at the time. Um, but I never forget it. It was really cool. And it's like far out. Like that was it just, it, you could tell the game really meant something to him. Uh, which was sweet. So they're all the things you can get during a warm up. You know, just watching a side warm up. Oh, the other funny thing is what you can watch the referees warm up. Um, that same time, that same game, I think it was Shane Hayne was was refereeing, and I yelled out to him. I was like, "Just look after the Tigers today. Get the job done. Don't worry about the Storm. You know, they're not playing for any points. Just look after us. Do the right thing." Um, it was back when the Tigers, you know, were making the finals, and I, he was just laughing and smiling. It was um. It was pretty good. It's pretty funny. So that's... I miss that. I miss it. I miss watching the players warm up um, at the ground. The running out of the... The running out, like, particularly... I, I like the suburban grounds where, you know, teams... Whether it be home and away, just the running out. It's just exciting, you know. Um, yeah, it's just... You know, I don't... I think most people like that, but, you know, I, I really like that the teams run out separately as well. Like, I don't think we need to go down the... Um, I'm not going to say politically correct, but just the, the notion of them both walking out so that the other, the opposing team doesn't get jeered. Like, I think we can, I think we can jeer the opposition team, uh, in, in good fun and good humor. Uh, it is rugby league after all, we're not AFL. Like we're, you know, we have a sense of humor in league. We're okay about it. And I think that needs to remain. So that is, that is good. Um, now what else have I got here? Going to the toilet during the game. You know, that's something a bit strange to, to consider, but it's just, you just go like, especially go go to the urinal or whatever, and you just, you'll just like talk to randoms about the game. Oh, did you, did you think that was a knock on or how about this? And you, you just usually pick up a, a bit of a different perspective, uh, just on something that's happening in the game. And it's very, I don't know if that's a niche thing, but I miss it. You know, I miss it. It's nice. Cause it's just, again, it just goes into that idea of like, strangers become friends around um, footy, you know? And I think that can even happen even with the opposition fans, you know, if you do it properly. Like, again, you know, we've got a sense of humour in our code. Um, It's not life and death. And you can usually have a good bit of banter um, with opposition fans. And that's actually something I missed too. I didn't actually put that in here. But it is, like, just having that... Because it's funny, like, you know... um, Oh, we went to a Storm game a couple of years ago. There was about five of us. And, um, oh, you know, I was carrying on, of course, Tigers. There's a few Storm guys behind us. And 
we're just going back and forth the whole time. There's this, I'll actually put the photo up. I'll put the photo up. It's so funny. Um, we take a selfie and like one guy thought it was really funny. And then one guy really hated us. And in the background, like one of the guys is like, you know, smiling and stuff. And the other guy's just got his finger up. Um, and it's really funny. But at one point, like, you know, uh, you know, um, we sort of missed each other on the beer, like on the beer run or something. And um, one of the blokes was like, oh, I didn't know you were coming for a beer. I would have got you one. Um, and it was just, yeah, it's, there's, you know, plenty of stories around opposition fans, but that's just one that stuck in my mind um, that was really funny and really, yeah. I miss it. I miss it. I miss the interaction with the opposition fans. Like, it's such a good thing. Oh, man. There was this one time Pedro and I went to, to Cogra and um, West Tigers 2005. Um, get to Cogra um, and we stood with like some Tigers like cheer squad or some shit for a little while and like honestly like it was one of those times where we got to the ground just in time for kickoff and we went and stood with them and like we stood for about honestly about two minutes and we looked at each other and it was one of those things we literally just looked at each other and like yeah we're out of here and we went and stood like um, on another part of the hill just among Dragons fans um and got pretty lippy and it was pretty funny it's probably perhaps where this podcast was kind of born we were on the hill and we just kept yelling things out like oh st george need to bring back neil tierney or you know st george need to bring back you know jeff hardy or something like that because we were pumping saints and it was funny and these uh, you know we were early 20s we thought they were older guys probably 40 or something like that kept turning around and laughing and that was probably the essence of this podcast it was maybe even where it was born um was that because it is good fun um and don't worry i've got plenty from other fans um oh anyway i don't agree no no. it's great one the other year i was um at the brisbane uh melbourne game semi-final with a mate of mine hugh holden if you're out there hello mate um And I kept telling Huey that, like, Billy Slater would bottle it, you know, because um, he always did in big games. And I must have been talking a little bit too loud. And, and like, Billy Slater makes a mistake, like, early in the in the game. And I was like, Huey, mate, what did I tell you? You know, you'll always, you know, you'll always make a mistake in a big game. And this guy's head just flies around. And he's like, oh, mate, well, I'd make a few mistakes if I'd played 25 Origins and 30 Test Matches. And um, absolutely gave it to me. Um, I was like, yeah, sweet. Yeah, fair call um it was good and again it's the same thing when like Huey went and stood in like the food line with him for like 10 minutes and they just chatted and it was really cool and like you know sort of give it to him a little bit during the game and then Melbourne won and we were like yeah that was sweet great game like enjoy the rest of the finals um I miss it I miss the stuff uh what else have I got um Someone, oh, someone that usually doesn't come to the game. That's just like a little piece, you know, just, there's always usually, particularly at our Leichhardt games, we've got the rusted on, there's about, you know, eight to ten of us that are always there. And then there's just someone else that usually comes, whether it's like an opposition fan or just like someone that's like, oh yeah, I'll come to the footy, I've heard it's pretty good. And they just add something different and there's just a new element. That's that's pretty cool. Um, what else have I got? Uh, running into people, you're just running into people um, at the footy, you know, you just you usually know where people stand or people sit and, you know, you don't, you, you don't stand, you don't stay and just have a chat with them for ages like, yes, how are you, mate? Go the Tigers or whatever it might be. Uh, Phil Hood, if you're out there, Hoodie, always see, I know you're on your spot. He's in like a, I'm on one sort of 30 meter line. He's usually on another. And to be fair, I usually talk to him a bit more, but like, you know, just things like that. And you, you see other people and 
it's good, you know. Even just sometimes faces that you you pick up. Um, I we sometimes we used to catch the bus to like Campbelltown Stadium. You get a bus from Roselle Leagues Club out to Campbelltown. I've done it twice, um, and the first time, possibly one of the funniest nights of my life. Uh, with my dad and my brother-in-law, and then basically the only other people on the bus were senior citizens um, and a couple of young people, I guess, with sort of intellectual disabilities. Um, And then there was us, uh, and it was fantastic. And it was just like the older ladies were the old, like, fashioned, old Balmain guard of, like, working-class Balmain that hadn't moved out. Um, Patty, what's her surname? I can't remember, but I might put a photo up of her as well. And anyway, the Broncos beat us and she's like, and Patty's like giving us like the lowdown, like, because you get there really early before the reserve grade game and everything. Um, So we're out, we're out at Campbelltown at like, I don't know, five o'clock or five 30, you know, for a seven 30 kickoff. Um, Anyway, we have a few beers. Obviously we have a few beers and anyway, um, I was like, oh, I know we're a bottle. And then the game finishes. Like, we just got done by the the Broncos. It was a good game. Um, But Brisbane just beat us at the death. And so we've got, like, we're looking down the barrel of, like, what, an hour bus back. It's a mini bus, too, just so you know. Um, So I was like, all right, I'll get us some beers. I know where a bottle shop is just at the train station. Um, I was a bit fitter back in these. Oh, I'm not fitter. I was quicker um, when I was younger. Uh, Not that I was ever quick, but... um, and my dad's like, mate, you don't have much time. Just hurry. And it's like, I bolted across um, to the train tracks. The bottle shop was shut. Um, it was there. I was like, I got it right. Because I hadn't been to Campbelltown that many times. Um, we're usually driven. Anyway. Um, and so I was like, oh, shit. What we need? Uh, my brother, brother-in-law with me. Ben, if you're listening, I hope you remember this story. It was so funny. Anyway, we run like to this other little spot um, that... <laughs> Like has a little run of shops, has a pizza place, and it's it's got like we just we go in and it's like can we just get some beers? Like we don't want to have pizza, but just see us some beers. They're like oh we can't. Like long story short, we negotiate. Like we can't give you the beers unless you order a pizza. It's like all right, we'll have a supreme pizza, and they and they kept like they're like oh yeah, would you like olives on it? He's like yes, and like oh do you want this? Yes, yes, we'll have the cheese, whatever, and we'll have a six pack of two is new. <laughs> it costs like. 40 bucks or something like that. Um, they like, we give them the money. They put the beers on the counter and they start cooking the pizza. We're like, see you later. You guys keep the pizza. Enjoy it. Anyway, at this point in time, like my old man's ringing me saying like, Patty's like not losing her mind, but she's, she's not happy. She's like, you know, mate, you got to get back here. Patty's going to start the car and we're, we're heading back. Like Patty's like, pr- like properly, like in deep into her seventies at this point in time. I don't know how old, but just to give you some context. And I was like, just tell, I was like, just tell her that just play along. Like I've just gone, gone over on my ankle. Um, you know, it's really sore. I'm going to limp back. <laughs> I'm so like, <laughs> so I said, I've got to limp back. Um, just tell her. And so I was like, just play along. He's like, oh, you've gone down on your ankle. Have you made? Oh, that's no good. You know? Oh, well just don't, you don't want to make it worse and things like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, good, sweet, just play along. Meanwhile, we're like shoving like this six pack into like all our pockets. Like um, I've got two in my jacket and I've got two in my jeans shorts as well. Ben must have had the other couple. Um, And like I can hear in the background, (laughs) Patty's like stuck going, oh no, is he he hurt himself? Well, it's, you know, very like caring person. Um, And anyway, I sort of, yeah, we sort of run back, but then like I've, the limp on towards the end um 
And I think by this time, Dad's already sitting somewhere towards the back of the bus. No, it wasn't a minibus. It was an old-fashioned... Um, it's like an old-fashioned school bus and stuff. It still had the metal handles on it, the metal handrails. Anyway, as like I, I, start, I get on the bus and I'm limping and Patty and the ladies are asking me if I'm okay. I was like, no, no, I'm okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. And um, as I start like walking up the aisle of the bus, you can just hear this like ting, 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 ting of the beer bottles like hitting the... Um, uh, the metal handles. Anyway, it was pretty funny. And we then then we had like um a great like um uh, bus ride home. We were the only ones with beers, but all the old Balmain ladies were telling us all these old stories of Balmain and um the Tigers and yeah, it was really good. We actually watched that game with Aaron Woods' grandfather, um, who turned out went to school, primary school with my old man. This is before Aaron Woods had even debuted in first grade. Um, and he was a legend, um, just hanging out and talking with us. Uh, he's one of the only guys that's ever like hung around like a group of blokes that wasn't drinking and went and bought a round of beers. Anyway, uh, talking about beers too much on this show. Um, but yeah, and the point is, I used then I'd run into Patty sometimes at the games and at the leagues club. I remember running into her after a game once, um, talking to her. And, um, yeah, I just remember Tim Sheen's looking at the conversation with just this look on his face is like, what is going on there? Um, but I miss it. I miss running into people like Patty at the ground. Um, oh, and I was going to mention as well, like we started going to the game, like my nephews are getting a bit older now. Um, and I, and I, and I really started enjoying just watching the games with them, particularly the older one, cause he's sort of six or seven. Uh, and he's just sort of viewing it through a, a child's lens, which I think usually turns out it's about the same lens I view the game in. You know, there was a time last year, I think we were playing the Dragons and Chris Lawrence goes over for a try and I've got Owen, my nephew, on my shoulders. This might have been the year before. Anyway, and he's like, you know, it might have been five or something. And like, you know, I don't know. Got the game to like 12 or something and he's just going, all right, are the Tigers going to win now? Are the Tigers going to win? I was like, yes, yes, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to... We didn't win. Um, but just stuff like that. Um, and watching him, like we went to Tamworth last year, sat on the hill and finally watched the Tigers beat the Titans. Even though the Titans were up like 16-0, we watched the Tigers lose 50-6 to the week before. Um, and that was his first win. Like it took him like maybe six games until he saw a win. And I thought that was pretty fitting, um, of being a Tigers fan. So, I mean, you know, I could probably go on, as you can see, I could go on for a long time about this, but I, I really miss it. So I don't know if you're in Sydney and you've got the opportunity or Queensland or wherever, basically anywhere else except for Melbourne. And you've got the chance to go to the footy. If nothing else, can you go for me and just enjoy it? Um, I'd really appreciate it. All right, on to Tiger Corner. Look, we're getting on in the program here. We're almost up to an hour. I'm not going to spend too much time on Tiger Corner. I'm happy with the Tamu signing. I said that last week. I think that's really good for us. Um, yeah, really good. He's a good, strong, strong player. Sounds like they're going for the right price, excuse me, for the right price for two years. Like it, Adokar, I don't know what's doing there. It seems like he's going to go to South in my, in my eyes. Um, and sounds like we might lose Luke Garner. 
Uh, I really like Luke Garner, but he does seem to struggle in defense a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I think Luke Garner suffered from being moved away from Luke Brooks. Um, but I'll be interested to see how he comes off the bench because they've got McIntyre. The, the, the idea of McIntyre and Leilua on the two edges is good. Like if we want to start looking towards next season, if we're looking at Sam McIntyre and um, Luciano Leilua on either edge, um, then you got Tamu and Alloway up front to start with, with probably, I guess, Jacob Little uh, as the hooker. Then you've got Zane Musgrove to come off the bench, Alex Twile there. I think Sean Bloor will start getting more time. He's injured. A lot of people on those bloody internet forums and stuff like that are blowing up. Sean Bloor is injured. Um, there's nothing more and nothing less. Uh, so that pack's starting to come together, and we're missing a leader there, so... Yeah, I was hoping that Jock Madden would come in for Brooks. It looks like it's Reynolds. Jock Madden's been on the bench. I've been talking about him a bit. Why not just play him, Madge? Like, I don't know if he's just putting Reynolds in the shop front still to try and get rid of him and sell him, but surely everyone knows what Reynolds is about. And they still don't want him. Josh, just go to Super League, man. Go to Super League. And I've got to say, I don't think I've said this enough. I feel for Josh Reynolds. I really do. You know, because Cleary brought him over as a marquee signing. Um, and, and then and then Cleary signed Benji Marshall after that and started playing Benji Marshall in front of him when he didn't need to do that. And um and then and then walked out on him. And Reynolds' career has really suffered. And I feel for him. He's a football player and he doesn't get to play footy. Um and he didn't do anything wrong in this, you know. They said like we want to sign you to be competitive and be, you know, have energy. And that's what he's done. But I, I, what I will say is I think Maguire's approach to Reynolds, he's got it all wrong. He keeps saying that, you know, Reynolds will bring energy and will be competitive. Like, I think he needs to not say that because he just goes over the top with it. And then, he, you know, he's offside and he makes mistakes. And if he falls into the trap of telling a player, he tells a player the things he's already going to do. And he tells him to do them. John, I don't think that's coming out right. But, you know, Reynolds is going to bring energy. He's going to be competitive. You don't need to tell him to do that. You need to tell him to do other things to kind of offset it. Otherwise, it just goes way too far. You need to say, all right, Josh, I need you to make your tackles. I need you to talk in defense. I need you to be an option every now and again. Um, you know, when Brooks doesn't get the ball. And then if you see a hole, fucking run through it, you know, like just run because that's what he's good at. Like, I, I think he'd much prefer to say, do those things. And then he will compete and he will be energetic. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I hope he finds somewhere other than the Tigers for the Tigers sake, but also for his own sake, because, you know, I do feel for him uh, in that respect. And I didn't talk about it much last week. So I thought I'd mention Russell Packer as well. On them leaving, Russell Packer seems to really enigmatic kind of guy maybe it's he's hard to get a read on and I don't know I've sort of gone up and down with him um throughout my time but the thing I will say is that when Adam Dewey was in tears after the Newcastle game um I think partly a lot of it was to do because there was those bombings in Lebanon um I think that was part of it and also just I think he was playing poorly I think because he was in the bubble he couldn't go out and see his family and things like that who had family uh, in Lebanon and he was crying after the game which was really uneasy and really hard to see it's something that we've seen a lot this year um, in the footy is like players crying which is fine it's good that they're showing emotion but it's just a bit unsettling and it's almost a little bit intrusive and invasive I think um, 
But the only guy that stood out there and put his arm around him was Russell Packer. And he actually, you could tell Russell Packer waited for him and put his arm around him and then walked off the field with him. So I think that speaks to something about Russell Packer there, um, even though it can be quite polarizing otherwise. Um, so I don't know what's doing there. He's been picked in the forwards. Yeah, it'd be interesting. You'd imagine him not being there next year if they've signed Tamu, but I don't know, maybe they've got money from somewhere else. Um, but yeah, hopefully Madden plays. I'd love to see Jake Simpkin play at some point. Uh, he's a young hooker that they reckon he's, he's an absolute gun too. Uh, so yeah, game of footy, uh, you know, I think it's going to be hard for the Tigers to beat Melbourne, but I, I hope they play well and I hope we see something heading towards the future. Um, yeah, that'll do us on that one. A uh, couple of listener questions. Mark Nowicki got in touch with me a few weeks ago and just said, what's doing, I, I can't remember the question, but basically why doesn't Ryan Hall score tries? Uh, in Australia when he scored heaps uh, in England. Yeah, it's a fair question. I guess it just shows the the, the gap between the Super League and the NRL. Uh, I think it also speaks to to the, 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 the real quality of Roosters players. Like, Mark, you've got to realise, you go for a team that is just littered with representative players everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's plenty of Tigers players that don't score tries and, and stand on the wing. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah... He looks pretty slow, doesn't he? It's also, I think it also just shows like it's an underrated skill of what being able to find the try line is as well. Um, and I think in, in England, he, you could just run through holes. There's more space. The defense isn't as good. I don't, don't think defense is as structured either. Um, but yeah, maybe this is a topic for another day, but there's also, you know, we look at the English guys and celebrate the English guys that do well here. You know, we think of, you know, um, you know, Bateman and Hodgson, um, I guess, you know, uh, Adrian Morley, Gareth Ellis, Ellery Hanley. And you sort of think that, you know, all these, the English guys that come over always do well. There's so many guys that come over and they don't do well. It just shows sort of, I think it shows the real quality um, of those English guys that do come over there. Like guys like Bateman or Hodgson, like in particular, who are here at the moment. You know, you sort of see like Luke Thompson's really struggled with the dogs. I know he played a bit better last night. Um, but yeah. There you go. Um, Adrian Lewis got in touch and said there's not enough Warriors content. Well, you're probably right there, AJ. Um, yeah, I guess I gave you a who would you rather be for Michael Luck and Michael Witt. I might do a bit more on the Warriors uh, later in the season, which is, you know, wrapping up. And speaking of wrapping up, that'll do us for the Hill. That's a wrap. Uh, thanks heaps for listening. If you got to the end of the show and you're still listening, I thank you in particular because I know even with myself, sometimes with podcasts, you sort of get to about the 40, 50 minute mark and that'll do us. Uh, so if you've listened all the way through, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks to everyone. I know a few people have shared the program on social media. If you can keep doing that, I love you so much. Thanks heaps for doing that. Um, yeah, rate it, review it, tell your mates about it. Um, and if you don't want to do any of that, just keep enjoying it yourself and enjoy your footy. Hope your team wins. And I'll see you here on the Hill next week.